Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and welcome back. I'm excited to chat with you today. This is one of my favorite aspects of the business, and that's working with paid social media campaigns. I will tell you this. I have been in the social media thing, I guess, since it really started. Um, Facebook started when I was a senior in high school. Obviously, I couldn't get on Facebook because it was a college thing, but I've literally watched this whole thing like go from the very get go to like where it is today. And I remember when they started introducing paid ads into social media, and I always thought it was so cool. Um, and I honestly, like I'm completely self taught on it. I literally just got in there and started figuring things out. I started reading and kind of bootstrapping it from the get go. But over the years, you know, I started like attending a lot of conferences and I would love to listen to speakers that would talk on social media ads. And it made me realize how much I really actually knew about it based on what they were teaching people up there. I was like, yeah, duh. Hello. That's like 101 stuff. Like, um, so it's interesting, you know, like sometimes people discount themselves because they're self-taught, but honestly, back in the day when Facebook ads first just came out, like what was your option? <laughs> It's not like you could go get a degree in it. Now Facebook actually has, um, or Meta, excuse me. Meta has like, um, they call it, I think, like Blueprint University that goes through all of, um, you know, their assets and business manager and all that kind of stuff and teaches you that. And you can actually get a certification in that, um, which if you're a student and you're listening or maybe you're just beginning, honestly, that's probably not a bad idea to go through that. Um, it's, it's quite lengthy. I looked into it and I started like watching some of the courses and stuff. I mean, it's pretty freaking lengthy, but again, back in the day, there was no, there wasn't even a business manager when paid ads first started. So the only option was to literally just learn how to do it yourself. So, um, throughout the years, I have really, uh, gotten super interested and learned a lot about, um, paid ads specifically through Meta. So if you're listening, you probably, or maybe you don't know, um, Facebook bought out Instagram that happened years and years ago. So when you set up ads, you can actually push your ads through Facebook and Instagram. Now we have done other paid campaigns. I've done LinkedIn paid campaigns. I've done Pinterest. I've done all kinds of, um, other campaigns, but today we're specifically going to talk about meta ads, AKA Facebook and Instagram ads, because those are honestly like oh, Facebook and Instagram are, are the big boys, if you will. And so that's what we do the most of in regards to paid social media. So I thought this would be a cool and interesting episode because it can be frustrating from someone who knows it can be really freaking frustrating when you spend all this time and you set it up and then you start spending money on it and it's not doing anything. Um, so, okay. Throwback moment here. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, one of my very first episodes was called boosting is a trap 
because so many people, you know, we say we do paid social and people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I know how to do that. I know how to boost posts. And I'm like, yeah, no, then that immediately tells me you actually have no freaking clue what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) if you're like, yeah, same thing. Nope, not same thing. Now boosting again, you probably need to just go listen to that episode. Boosting is not always a bad thing, but I'll be honest. If you're boosting, you're missing so many opportunities. So go back when you get a chance, go back and listen to that episode about boosting is a trap. Um, and I also did an interview with my girl, Dorothy, um, who owns an an agency and, and they specifically do social ads. Uh, they do Google and social ads. And that would, uh, Dorothy Hollibaugh is her name. I can't remember if the episode was when she was married. That's her married name. But anyway, go back and look, it's an interview episode. Um, maybe we'll drop the link in the show notes. That is a really good one too. If you're starting at square one with ads and you want to really learn how to do it, it's actually a great episode to listen to because we we do talk about some more advanced stuff, Dorothy and I do, but we also talk about like some super, super 101. Um, so those are two other episodes that could be helpful for you. But this episode, if you're running some uh, ads on Facebook and Instagram and they're not working and you're kind of scratching your head and you're like so annoyed because you're wasting money, this is probably a perfect episode for you. So the first thing I want to say is when you get into Facebook ads, um, I really want you to have realistic expectations. I try to talk to our clients about this all the at, all the time because they get excited and interested about social media ads. We are too. But I think that sometimes they think it is um, a, a magic switch. Like, okay, I'm going to put money into this. And then all of a sudden my product is going to sell, sell, sell five minutes later. And I'm like, no, it doesn't always work that way. Um, And if, especially if you're in the industry of like services, personal or professional services, so um, like a doctor or an attorney or something like that, like you, uh, in fact, I can almost guarantee that these ads aren't going to generate a sale for you immediately. And I probably wouldn't use them for that purpose either, um, because you're going to need especially if you're in the services industry, you're going to need to nurture these people a lot more before they buy from you, hire you, whatever the case may be. So if you're in services, you probably need to have a different objective um, than some of these other campaigns if you're selling like a product or something of that nature. So um, we're going to get into all that. So I just really want to make sure that people have realistic expectations that you don't turn these on and then magically overnight thousands of dollars appear in your account. Like it's the same thing as with other marketing is like, it takes a lot of testing and it takes a lot of time. And sometimes you've got to use this to be top of funnel. So, okay, let's get into it because otherwise I'm just going to give it all away. So the first thing I want you to do, if your ads aren't working, I want you to look at your objective. So again, we talk about this in the episode with Dorothy. That was like, that was like over a year ago. Um, But look at your objective. When you first go to set up an ad in Meta, it asks you, what is your objective? And you can choose from things like traffic, which means the person's going to click your ad and go to another page on another website. You want to push traffic that way. Uh, You can choose an engagement um, ad, which means people are going to like, comment, and share. 
um, or maybe watch your video, things like that. Uh, you can do a reach ad that like helps, you know, like hit as many people as possible. That's great for like an awareness campaign, maybe like uh, now open, you know, it's not like you need a whole lot of action on that. You just want everyone within an X mile radius to know that this store is now open. That's a good way. Um, that's the reach objective. They even have a conversion objective where like it serves the ads to people who actually usually go through and actually buy stuff. So that's the cool thing and a little bit creepy about meta ads is that they, okay, when you pick one of these objectives, that helps narrow down who it's going to show it to because let's get a little creepy. Follow me here. Facebook and Instagram watch everything you do and they start kind of like putting you in a box. You're like, don't put me in a box. But based on your behavior, they put you in a quote unquote box or maybe several boxes. So are you a person that um, clicks through to a lot of things and you go read articles elsewhere? Okay, then they're going to like most likely serve you a lot of traffic ads because your behavior in the past has shown them that you will do that. You will click and go out to other places. Okay, do you watch a lot of videos on social media? Okay, then Facebook and Instagram meta. It's so hard for me to call them meta. Ugh. Okay. Meta is going to most likely show you a lot of engagement ads because that's been your behavior in the past, right? Um, or conversion. If you're somebody that actually clicks through and buys stuff all the time, they're going to show you more and more conversion ads. So that is one, um, one, that's the most important piece of this. When you go to set up this ad is like picking out what objective that you actually want, want your people to do and what's actually going to benefit you for your goal. You know, like, again, if your store is open, you don't really need a traffic ad. What are you getting them to click through to? I, I don't know. Like, uh, you probably just want awareness. I don't know. Uh, every single one is different and based on your messaging too. So that's my first word of advice is like, look at your objective and see if maybe you are picking the wrong objective for what you're trying to do. Now, that being said, I want to do a caveat because again, I, people listen to these things and they everybody has a different opinion, but of course we all want to sell stuff, right? We all want to sell stuff. And so everyone listening is probably like, well, duh, I'm just going to pick the conversion objective every time because I want people who are going to buy my stuff. Again, it's not always that simple. Sometimes if you're in a service industry or maybe your product needs a lot more explanation, it's like a product that needs to be displayed or like, um, God, what is the word I'm trying to look for? Like you need someone to like uh, show you how it works. They're not just going to immediately click through and buy. They need to like see how your widget works. Okay. So it's going to take a lot more education. There you go, Whitney, a lot more education before they just buy. So don't, you know, for this first idea, like don't go and switch every single one of your ads to a conversion ad because you're like, well, duh, I want people to buy stuff. There's a higher strategy and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. So the next thing is look at your visual. What visual are you using for the ad? Number one, I think we all have figured this out. Video usually works best. Number two, I always try to include people and emotion. 
People connect with people. When they see other people using your product, or if you're wearing, if you're doing clothing, people wearing your clothing, you know, you're not going to just slap up a photo of like a flat lay t-shirt. It's probably going to do a lot better if you have somebody wearing the t-shirt, you know? Um, So video usually works best. Photos are not bad, um, but do not put up a flyer. That's going to go nowhere. Oh God, makes me run ram my head in a wall when people are putting up flyers and putting money behind them. And actually Facebook used to have like a rule that was your, your image couldn't have more than 20% text. They dropped that rule, but I swear to God, it still makes a difference. So like, don't put, don't use flyers as the image. It's just a waste of your money. Use a really attractive, I would rather you use a really attractive image and put all that information in the copy of the ad, like in the text part, you know, not in your actual image. Okay. So keep the image clean, simple, usually has a human being in it or use a video. Okay. I do have one example where video was not the best fit. So we were doing a giveaway for a client and we wanted everybody in order to win, they had to like comment. No. Okay. Like the post or like the page, like the post. Um, and then in the, in the comments, they could tag a friend they wanted to go to the beach with and they got extra entries if they um, shared their story and stuff like that. So we set up an ad. It was an engagement ad uh, because, again, I wanted people to like, comment, and share. So I set it up as an engagement ad, and I used a video for the um, for the like the imagery, right? So I, I was like, I I check on these things constantly because I'm. I, it needs daily attention, especially when you're starting a new campaign. And if you're putting a lot of money into it, you really need to check it daily. So I'm checking it daily and I see these numbers go up of like the engagement numbers are like thousands and thousands, but I go look at the post and the post has like 23 comments. And I was like, okay, something's off, something's off. So finally what I figured out that was that Meta was counting them watching the video as an engagement. And so people were watching the video because it was a really beautiful video of the beach and beautiful sand and all that. People were watching the video and, and Meta was counting that as success. Like, oh, perfect. We got people to engage with your ad. So what I did was I went in there and I took the video out and I put a static image in there so that Meta could no longer count an engagement as a video view. And the moment I did that, boom, we started getting a ton of comments, a ton of shares because they couldn't count that as engagement anymore. I don't know if any of that made sense. Hopefully you're following me, but I'm such a nerd about an example. Examples help me learn because people can teach me theories and stuff all day long. But when they tell me a story of uh, how something worked just like this or how it didn't work, it really helps me understand it more. So hopefully it helps for you too. Um, So video doesn't always work best, but usually it does. So that's just an interesting example. So that's my next word of advice was look at your visuals. Do you have people? Do you have too much much text in the image? Um, do you are you using a video? Try or um, 
you can even like, uh, they call them a carousel ad, you know, where you've got like multiple little slides, you know, especially on Instagram, those posts are hot right now that like, you know, it's like five things you should know about, you know, laser hair removal, <laughs> random example. Um, and then you swipe through, you swipe to the left and it goes through one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, those are really hot right now too. So try it out. Try it out for a week with a carousel. Try it out for a week with a video. Um, and also, you know, I would say definitely for our next point is look at your budget. The beautiful thing about social ads is that you can put any budget to it, right? Um, but I always tell my clients, they're like, can, and I've had clients do this too, can I put $2 a day towards this? And I'm like, well, of course you can, but you're going to get $2 a day worth of exposure, which is nothing. You know what I mean? So my word of advice is if you need a starting place, and again, I hate blanketed advice, but here's just a starting place for you, needs to be at least $10 a day. So that would be like 300 bucks a month. Hello, that is so freaking cost effective. That is so cost effective. An ad in a, a magazine, depending on what type of magazine you're working with, can be anywhere from $1,500 to $10,000 for a one, one ad. Okay, so then you're going to tell me that $300 a month on social, that's so freaking cost effective. Um, I personally would say, like, probably put $500 a month into it because, like, here's why. We've had clients in the past where the, they don't want to put much into it. And then they don't get a lot out of it. And then they look at us and they're like, see, it didn't work. It didn't work. And I'm like, yeah, it didn't work because we're putting freaking $2 to it. Yeah, you're not giving it a true chance. So like actually give it a budget and and try, okay? Like go all in for a couple months with at least $500 a month so you can actually give it a solid budget. I mean, you can give it a solid try. And again, like $500 is kind of, um, it, it totally depends. Like, are you doing a local ad and you're a local brick and mortar? Like 500 bucks could probably take you a pretty long way. If you're reaching, if you're trying to reach every woman in America, 500 bucks a month, that's going to go, that's going to be spent pretty quickly. So, um, that is the next point. So we had look at your objective, look at your visuals, and that was look at your budget. Okay. So the next one is all about the copy that you put in the ad. It needs to be short and to the point and it needs to like engage them. But here's where I see most people making a mistake. Okay. They are asking people to do multiple things in their ad. Right. So um, like, for example, um, a traffic ad. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Here we go. I got a good example. Um, we used to work with the orchestra for a long, long time in Northwest Florida. And um, we would set up Facebook events for all of their upcoming concerts. And then we would put money behind those events. That's an engagement ad. One of the options that you can choose is for people to click interested on your event. So we would put money behind the events to get more people to click interested because, you know, then it breaks out like wildfire. Other people, when you click interested, all your friends see like Whitney Lee is interested in an event and it starts helping the event kind of go viral. It just gives it a little nudge. Um, but at, you can also enter copy at the top. Um, so we were putting copy at the top, too, and saying like, 
you know, blah, blah, blah concerts coming up September 15th, uh, buy your tickets here and we would have a link right there in the copy. But what I've learned is that, and this goes across the board for marketing in general. Hi, here comes some blanket advice. You really got to have one call to action. Because if you're asking some people in the post, like click here to buy a ticket, you're going to split and then down below, you're trying to get them to click interested on the event. People are really only going to want do do one thing. And damn, it, it's hard enough to get them to do just one thing to get them to take action is hard enough. So your ad needs to focus on one action, one call to action. You don't be don't be asking them to buy a ticket in the post and then also down below trying to get them to click interested. It's always going to split and then neither one's going to really do that well. So the moment I took that copy out, that call to action out of the copy, like I just stopped doing the whole buy a ticket here. Obviously, if they're interested in the event, they're interested in buying a ticket. So I took that copy out of the the post language or the ad language, and we immediately started getting more, more interest on the event. So just throwing that out there, um, don't ask for multiple actions. Use your ad to ask for one thing. All right. Uh, I got a couple more for you. Here's one too. Um, narrow your audience. Okay. And it sounds crazy to serve your ad to less people, but it actually helps you succeed for numerous reasons, and it helps you spend less money. So in the past, like we would have clients that they get really hung up on impressions. They're like, but I want more impressions. Okay, so for anybody listening, impressions means how many eyeballs lay or see your ad. That doesn't mean how many people, okay? So if you have 100 people, unique viewers is what they call it, or unique visitors, depending on what you're working on, unique visitors or unique people, let's say you have 100 unique people see your ad, but you have 200 impressions, you know what that means? Those 100 people, some of those 100 people saw it twice, maybe all of them saw it twice, or maybe 50 of them saw it three times. But you see what I mean? Like, two, you know, impressions means how many eyeballs total have seen it, okay? Uh, or how many times was it seen? Sorry, not how many eyeballs. How many times was it seen? That's impressions. So we have clients that are like, well, I don't get it. Well, I, I want more impressions. Like I want more, more, more. And, and I'm like, yeah, but you're trying to reach women. Okay. I could take it off, take off the the targeting to where men see the ad too. And yeah, the impressions are literally going to double over the night, overnight. But if you're trying to reach women, why do that? Why pay? Because you are paying by impression for a lot of these ads. Why pay for eyeballs that are absolutely not your potential customer? I would rather show it to less people and them be the right people. Um, so and and again, like when you're showing it to less people, you're paying less money. Okay, so narrowing your audience actually is a really, really good thing. Now, you don't want to get so, so granular where you're like women between the ages of 22 and 23 that live in this zip code that all like, you know, Peppa Pig. Like, no, 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 no. That's a little too specific, you know, but definitely narrow it down by gender if you can. It, again, all this is so dependent on what your business is. Gender, age. I really like doing interests. So if you are a, gosh, an athleisure brand, 
you can target Lululemon as an interest. And all those people out there that follow Lululemon, that um, comment on Lululemon posts and stuff like that, it will start to target those people. So ipso facto, you think to yourself like, okay, obviously these people are interested in, you know, um, athleisure because they're following Lululemon. So if they're interested in that athleisure, they're probably interested in mine too. Here's another good example. We do a lot of Facebook ads or meta ads to get people to uh, travel. So we have several resorts in the panhandle of Florida that are our clients. um, And a lot of their key feeder markets are when I say key feeder markets, like where people visit from um, people from Atlanta, come down New Orleans, Nashville, Houston, Dallas, um, pretty much the whole Southeast. Okay. Um, but if we targeted the whole Southeast, you're going to get a lot of people that can't afford it. Um, or they're too young. They can't even check into the hotel. Like you've got to narrow that down. So let's say you target the whole Southeast, narrow it down. Okay. You got to be 25 or older to check into that hotel. Or if it's a really, really expensive hotel, I would target even higher than that because how, what, are the co- what are the chances that a 25-year-old is going to be able to afford like a super, super bougie exclusive hotel, right? So and target it down to age or, you know, squeeze down the age a little bit. And then I even go in and I type in like other resorts in the area, other destinations in Destin, like... Uh, Destin Commons. Okay, because I know to my I think to myself, if they are already following the Destin Commons, or even like Gulf Shores, Alabama, that's kind of close. It's like two hours from the panhandle of Florida. If they if they follow Gulf Shores, they're probably a good fit. And they'll like, you know, the Destin area or the 30A area, you know, so at least they have awareness of this area in some way. And you're not getting somebody that's like, some inner city person that is 22 years old and they they don't have the money and they've never even heard of Destin to begin with. You know what I mean? So narrow your audience. It will actually help you a lot. And that's your job as a marketer or whatever your role is to explain to your boss or your client about why that's actually beneficial to them. When you start telling them, Hey, this will save you money. Then they're like, hell yeah. You know, like, of course they want to save money. So, um, just, you have to set them up with that expectation of like, Hey, our impressions aren't going to be as high, but who cares if we're reading, reaching more people that um, might actually buy from us. So that's the next one is narrow your audience. And here is, um, probably the most important one. And, and this one's going to get a little strategic, but you, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard this from me before is this, and this kind of goes back to expectations. Stop trying to sell on the first go. Okay. So like, what does that mean? Okay. So a lot of our clients want us to set up an ad that immediately is like, here's our product buy this now. And they expect for us to turn that on and overnight it, it starts happening. But there's other ways you can work it, okay? So stop trying to sell on the first go. Um, here's, we've, we've done this for clients too. So there's a thing called pixels in Meta. Um, and basically what a pixel is, is like a code. You stick it on, like let's say you're getting people to click through to your website to buy this water bottle. 
you stick that code on the the page that your ad is leading them to. And when someone clicks through from your ad, they look at the water bottle, maybe they buy it, maybe they don't. They go on that quote unquote pixel list. Again, it's an imaginary list. But basically, Facebook is like, puts them on a list and is like, okay, they they clicked through. So it'll start collecting all those people and create an audience of those people that clicked through and went to that page. Okay, it's like a a secret imaginary tracker that puts people on a list, basically. Okay, so what you can do is run that first ad for a little while, get people to click through, get people to click through. And maybe it's not even on the page that they're going to buy the water bottle. Maybe it's on a page that um, shows a really cool video about how to use the water bottle and how the lid is so different than all the others. And the, the pop top does this and does that. And the straw is super unique. Maybe it's just an educational video and you don't even try to sell them. Okay. But you just get them to click through because that puts them on the pixel list. Then you set up a second ad and they can actually be running at the same time. You may want to start this first ad first um, and let it like go to work a little bit and get some people on that list and that audience that using that pixel and then set up a second ad and you choose the pixel audience as your audience for the ad because you know they already clicked through on the first ad and you start sending them a second message and maybe the second ad is offering them a freebie or offering them a discount or maybe that ad is trying to actually sell them. So that way you've warmed them up, warmed them up a little bit. They've heard of your product, they saw the informational video and now you're trying to sell them. You know? So or maybe you're already doing retargeting on your website, even better, like for people that do um, or like booking abandonment or anything like that, get them to your website And then they'll start getting served with retargeting ads from the retargeting campaign that you're already doing. If you don't know what retargeting is, that means, yeah, I mean, y'all know, like, um, when you're shopping and you, and you look at the, this, these shoes on Steve Madden, and then you go away from the website and all of a sudden you start seeing the, the shoes everywhere. Those that's called a retargeting ad. Like it basically knows you looked at that and it keeps following you around the internet. That's a retargeting ad and they're really freaking effective too. So, um, so if you're already doing retargeting, then just use social media to gather them, get them to your website, and then they'll start getting served all those retargeting ads. So again, I'm trying to train people that social media is not always a selling tool. Can you sell stuff through social media? Sure. And sometimes, I mean, I am right there with y'all. Like I buy so much stuff off Instagram and Instagram is crushing it with their targeting on me. They know exactly what I like and they serve it to me all the time. And I buy stuff because, because I want to, (laughs) because they serve me perfect stuff that I really, really like. So how about this? Use your ads and let the goal of the ad be getting people on your email list getting people on your text list, and then you can start nurturing them there and selling them stuff there. To me, I think that's the power play more than anything, because we train our clients to know that like social media could literally blow up and go away tomorrow. What happens if you don't have your own email list, you don't have your own text list, and literally 
Instagram and Facebook shut down tomorrow and you're like, that would never happen. Okay, maybe it won't. But what if Facebook and or Instagram started saying, okay, every time you post anything, it's $500. That would put a lot of businesses to where they they wouldn't be able to afford to post anymore. And then you've built this big following and who cares because you can't do anything with it, right? So you've got to make sure you have other ways to reach people than just social media. We've become so freaking dependent on social media that again, like if it went away tomorrow, would you be able to survive? Would you be able to reach your people? So I push this on my clients all the time is like social media is not a selling tool. It's the top of the funnel. That's where we show people our personality. We show people our products, our services. We educate them. We nurture them. We don't try to sell them crap. We just get them in our realm. We build their awareness and then we ask them to join our email list or, you know, join our text list or whatever the case may be so that we can begin to nurture them forever because we own the email list, we own the text list. So it's really about changing your way of thinking and also changing your client or your boss's way of thinking about these ads. They're not a miracle. It's not a diet pill. (laughs) I mean, diet pills don't work either. You don't take the diet pill and overnight you lose 30 pounds, like doesn't work. If that were the case, everybody would have a rockin' bod, okay? And everybody would be millionaires because their Facebook ads would sell overnight. So Let's go back over really quick. So look at your objective. Look at your visuals. Maybe reassess your budget if you need to put more money into it. Are you asking people for multiple actions? So narrow it down. Only one call to action for your ads. Narrow your audience. And stop trying to sell people on the first go. I could sit here and talk about this all day long. It's so interesting to me. And what's... I guess interesting and frustrating at the same time is that this literally changes all the time. If I don't go into meta business manager in like four or five days, I go back in and like things are different. (laughs) It is consistently evolving. And what's even more frustrating is sometimes we'll have one of our team members. that's like, Oh, did you see this new feature? And everyone else on the team is like, no, we don't have that inside of ours. And for some reason they have access to a feature that none of us have access to yet. So it's very interesting that, I mean, meta is consistently, and it is getting a lot more user-friendly. It used to be a hot freaking mess. It is getting to be so much more user-friendly. So I am grateful to them for that. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. But still it is constantly evolving. And if and now like I'm wondering what's going to happen because you know, they own threads, they launched threads basically to just squash Elon Musk and Twitter. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, we'll see but that was basically their entire purpose of creating threads was to squash Twitter. So eventually, like, I know they're working on monetization aspects of threads. So eventually, I'm gonna have to do another episode to talk about ads on threads. And we're gonna have to learn about that. What's so crazy about this profession is that I went to school and grad school and all the things to learn this. But like the learning cannot end. It cannot end. You know, other people, they learn software and they learn products and, you know, or they go to college and they, you know, whatever. And maybe every few years they have to like take a test to re-up their license or something like that. But marketing, PR, social media, advertising, this realm, 
literally, if you sit out for a month or two, you come back and so much is different. It's like we consistently have to be learning in this industry or you will literally fall behind in no time. So good thing that I actually really enjoy learning, learning stuff. Like I'm one of those people before I ask my team to do it, I get in there and click around myself because I want to know how to do it. I want to know how to help them when they run into problems. So anyway, um, stay tuned. We'll probably have to do an updated episode on this, but I hope this is helpful for you. If you have any other questions about social ads, I'm always here and happy uh, to ping pong with you. So um, you can find me on Instagram. It's the Whitney Lee, or you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. And of course you can find the agency true story, public relations. We're on all the social platforms. You can check out our website. It's truestorypr.co, not.com. Thanks for tuning in. And if, as always, if you have any ideas or any other episodes you want me to do, I would be happy um, to take requests. I always like to hear what y'all want me to talk about. So have a great week and see you soon. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag true story PR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another true story.